Hey guys, so as usual, I just post this thing. I'll just post the link in the event that I put. So give us 30 seconds and we'll get started. It's good to, to dance a bit to warm up for such an important <laughs> event. <laughs> so that's the link. Um, I think this does this, I just go here. That's just so I see the comment. And we're good to go. So Bertrand, can you turn the music down please? And hi guys. And welcome to the 12th episode of Dreamers and Doers, where I interview people who actually act to create the cool, exciting, and better world of tomorrow. And I count you in it, Bertrand, so thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Alex. It's going to be around any chance, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. And uh, thanks for having me. So I'm in New Zealand at the moment at uh, Bertrand, who lives in Auckland. And yeah, so I met Bertrand three years ago and I was quite uh, impressed by this serial entrepreneur. Mm. So yeah, basically you, I, I just know about touch payments, but you've done two other companies before. So I'd really be interested to know how you got into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you the story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I think since, uh, since I was a teenager, I uh, always wanted to kind of start my own stuff. When I was a teenager, I was selling clothes online and yeah. I always wanted to do something on my own. And then I went to uni and I joined, um, you know, social entrepreneurship groups and I developed stuff with uni. But then I moved to Australia, what, seven years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, then within a few weeks, I went to the beach in Bondi and I got sunburned. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there must be something here to be done. Something, you know. So I developed a, a company which was called Sunsaver. Sunsaver. And we developed some uh, backpacks that were working on uh, solar energy. Okay. And the idea was to spray uh, people of sunscreen on the, on the beach to protect them from sunburn. That was cool. cool. That was kind of um, a first trial. But I think very quickly I realized that um, I want you to do something on more scale. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of challenging to, it was not really scalable. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that, was that full-time or side project? Um, it was side project, but I didn't really have a full-time job. Okay. I was kind of bartender. I was kind of trying to get into uh, the market there at the time. And okay. um, so I got interested in technology at the time because I wanted to develop an application to mm-hmm. uh, better manage the backpacker that was spraying sunscreen. Uh, anyhow, then I joined um, the Iconic, okay. the uh, fashion retailer. And uh, during that time, I started a side business, which was about uh, helping small businesses with cash flow financing, mm-hmm. um, which was good. But again, um, feels like I wanted to... Well, I guess I just saw another opportunity in, in, in the Iconic. We were going very fast. Uh, I was looking into analytics and I saw an opportunity to just make the online shopping experience a bit better, especially around the payment experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea was, 
you know, if you want to have more sales, uh, can we provide an experience where people could uh, buy um, now, check the product and pay later? And that didn't exist at the time? At the time, it didn't exist in Australia. Okay. It was, um, I got inspired by a successful business model back in Sweden at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so decided to kind of jump on this opportunity, yeah. resign from the Iconic. I uh, had a co-founder with me at the time, mm-hmm. and um, and that's where really I think the entrepreneurship journey started. Okay, and, and that's the story of Touch Payments? Touch Payments, yeah. So that's the story of Touch Payments. Left Iconic, um, had some capital on the side from the other business. Um, with the co-founder, we hired some uh, two engineers and kind of developed uh, our first uh, minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. And we went to market with, um, I guess, one retailer and realized that what we had built wasn't really working. Yeah. Um, So from there, um, it was a bit of a challenge because my co-founder decided to go at the time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took on the... uh, the role as you know, kind of leading the startup and reimagining the product experience and then relaunch. Um, and then I don't know if we find product market fit, but at least we uh, were able to acquire uh, a few different partners and start mm-hmm. scaling from there, raising a bit more capital um, all the way to what, three and a half years okay. and uh, what, 45,000 uh, paying customers and, and a lending book of, you know, and so, and so at that time, so you're raising money and you're growing. So how is it, like, I guess, pretty exciting, but can be stressful at the same time. So what was, um, let's say, the, what you really liked about that part of your entrepreneurial journey and what you maybe thought would be harder maybe for people who, who question about if they'd want to go all in with starting their business? Um, so... Yeah, I think it was hard uh, in the sense that personally, I had a hard time to um, find maybe the work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Like I kept talking about the business uh, on the weekend. I kept thinking about it at night. Um, Maybe also because I moved from my place, put a mattress in the office mm-hmm. and was living in the office for the first 18 months of the journey. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really... Okay, um, yeah. Is that something you wouldn't recommend? To live in the office? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's fine to live in the office. Uh, it gives you more cash flow to develop your business. Yeah. But I think what I recommend is really find this work-life balance. You know, really okay. work hard, but then really let it go on the weekend. Don't talk about it with friends all the time. Ask for feedback to the people you think matters, but then just let it go. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think starting a business is a great way to kind of climb the ladder, mm-hmm. uh, uh, even if you're not going to be successful. So if you're successful, you launch a company and you, you know, f- fulfill mm-hmm. your vision, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't, then you know you can join another company at yeah. a role that you can't access over us. That's actually so. People who watch, obviously, you can ask your question. But that's actually a really good point you make because many people they often feel like if they start their business and they go outside the corporate world, uh, it's kind of a, an end for them in the corporate world. It's like you got to make your business succeed 
um, while I feel the journey is often not like, oh, I start a business, it succeeds or, or not, but it's like read that long journey. And for you, for example, you got back into the corporate world and, and, and I feel you can get a lot of good opportunities in the corporate world after a year of traveling or entrepreneurship. Right? Yeah, that's because the learning curve as an entrepreneur is just huge. Like you get into the business, you think you know, but you don't know anything about anything. Mm -hmm. You need to learn about people management. You need to like kind of learn new skills, especially around product development, that you know anything around that. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to learn about how to manage people or hire them, uh, look into the analytics. And I was very young mm -hmm. uh, and I think um, I didn't really understand what I was getting into or what I had to learn, but I kind of learned as I, as I yeah. know, on the go. And then when you look at from a corporate side, uh, they look for people that have this passion, this drive and a mm. wide variety of skills. Um, and as an entrepreneur, you just fit in, in the bucket. Um, so I think there's no risk of starting mm. a business. It's only positive. I really believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think people over, overestimate a bit the risk. Like, uh, I was saying for me, I was like, it doesn't work, I can still find a job. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, the older you get, um, the higher the cost, of, the, the opportunity cost is. Mm. Uh, I was young, my salary was not so high, and I just learned a lot, and um, mm. I really enjoyed the journey. I think that the main, the main takeaway is, is just find your work-life balance along the way. So I think a business is cool, but um, your life on the side is more important. Mm. And now I wanted to ask you because so your business you did in touch payments was uh, more so was about l lending money to online buyers, right? Yeah. And as as I know you, I know you're really a lot into adventure too. And so I had this question about maybe like when you think about building a business, pursuing a passion versus being opportunistic, and because sometimes you want, there's something you really want to do. But there's also, you know, you want to make money and you want it to grow. So would you, would you have like a, some advice for this? Yeah. So I think on my, from my perspective, I think, you know, seven or eight years ago, I'm not sure I was self-aware to understand what were my passion or what was a meaningful problem I wanted to solve. And I went after an opportunity in the market. Mm -hmm. And... Now, when I look back, I mean, the main, the, 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 I really recommend to go after your passion. And passion mm -hmm. just means being deeply connected to the problem you're trying to solve. Uh, because over time, you go through high and low, you work hard, you have challenges along the way. So if you don't really connect with what you're trying to build, um, then it doesn't work. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs think they do connect. Like For three years, I thought I was connecting to the problem. Mm. But then I realized really I was just in the game to maybe make money or in the game to, uh, you know, build a business. And I wasn't really committed to change the way that people were shopping online mm. and especially and not uh, giving them credit for uh, buying things they can't afford. Or mm. at least that was the way that um, I saw, um, um, yeah, the, the business at the end when I, when I decided to sell. Um, so yeah, just, just go after, after your passion. Um, if you have, uh, if not just go anyway after any opportunity and then you mm. may change tactic along the way. Uh, but your learning along the way will be just much bigger than, 
what you can have in the corporate. And you know, I don't want to generalize. There's some corporate jobs that are fantastic. Um, but from my experience, you know, it's mm. been great to go through the entrepreneurship and then join a corporate. Right now. Yeah. I think is yeah, for people like it can sound a bit cliche to be like pursue your passion. I think it can be hard also to find your passion, but what I almost feel like is like it's more like doing things that you find it. If you look for your passion, like would you would you say yes. taking action would be I mean definitely t- t- taking action um is a way to find your passion. I mean, we're going to talk about adventure and travel. I mean, uh, you know, you got to go and do something until you realize. Um, but if you have two different business idea, one is connecting to connect to a, a, a connect, you resolve a problem you're really passionate about, mm-hmm. but maybe you're not too sure about how you're going to make money around it. You're not too sure about uh, the business model, but you have a clear vision of, of, of what you're trying to build and go for that. Uh, the other side is you may see a great business opportunity now, you may see a good way to make money, but you can't really visualize, you know, the vision of, of, of the product. And as an entrepreneur, I think, you know, knowing the vision of what you're trying to create, communicate it, articulate mm. it to everyone in the team, to your investors um, is, 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 is very important. Mm. So, yeah. I obviously, because, you know, in your way because they failed but like for example my first business was to sell cufflink online yeah. which was definitely not a passion yeah um but i still feel just doing this taught me quite a bit and then when i found something i was more passionate about at least i had a bit of experience of setting up a business selling online doing ads um so i'd say like i don't know but like probably go for your passion if you have one but like like doing yeah. something even from an opportunistic point can still teach you a lot. Definitely, definitely. But it's probably going to be just a part part of it. I'm not uh, going to be just to learn. But yeah. probably going to fail. I mean, that's like Most I'm, likely, if it's yeah. not following your passion along the way, you will exit or you will just change tactic. And, and that's okay. Well, I say fail doesn't mean, like, I don't mean just the business not running, but like learning so much from it. But just moving on yeah so if you don't have a choice go for the opportunity if you have a choice <laughs> go for a problem that you deeply connect with yeah yeah yes yeah. good one um so yeah so you sold that business um like when did you make that decision and why especially and do you think it was a good decision knowing that similar concepts like afterpay for example in Australia and now like really big successful companies. So I mean when you look at Afterpay now and you look at the valuation close to a billion dollar, you wonder, oh did I did I you know did I make the right choice? Because the business opportunity was huge. But I definitely did make the right choice. And it's interesting because it's been more than two and a half years now and I think I've just became more self-aware of why I sold really mm-hmm. in an authentic way. I think for two and a half years didn't really, didn't really know what, why, um, and just in the past few weeks when I, you know, uh, did some uh, personal development course and realized, and so just to tell you the story, about seven months before I sold, um, I raised um, uh, capital uh, from an investor, which was kind mm-hmm. of a, what we call a convertible debt. You raise a debt, and then over time it converts into uh, equity, and. Um, then the business I raised at capital, the business kind of grown 
way faster than I expected. Mm -hmm. And so cash flow became quite tight and I was under a lot of pressure. And I went back to the investors and I tried to raise more and things didn't work out in, in the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So that time, a lot of pressure to find capital to uh, just, just, just go through the cash flow challenges. Could you was... slow down the growth? Uh, so that's what I tried to do. I tried to put in place uh, better or more uh, risk metrics around mm -hmm. the type of printing I was getting, but still the growth was just much okay. bigger than what we had anticipated. So then um, basically I got some new investors mm -hmm. in and, um, and uh, it changed a lot the, the ownership of the company. And that whole time was very it's emotionally intense for me as a founder. Okay. And so what I realized now is I made story in my mind that um, people that are driven by money, which was kind of the, the, the investor that I had in, mm -hmm. in, in, at the time, were people that maybe had bad intentions. Mm -hmm. um, on one side, I made that story. On the other side, um, I started being judgmental. Mm -hmm. Judgmental with my own consumers mm -hmm. saying, right, they are borrowing money to buy uh, furniture or something online that's bad I was mm -hmm. judging them what I realized is this judgmental approach was just a way to justify myself uh, to sell because mm -hmm. I got into this whole story of um, I'm not doing the right thing I'm, mm -hmm. I should be selling I'm gonna have more purpose by selling um, when in fact I was just being judgmental yeah really if people want to you know, uh, buy something on credit, mm. I shouldn't be judging them. Okay. Um, anyway, so that whole story made me sell and then um, looking through options. Um, I, you know. And I, so you think you, you're happy about having seen the business? I look at it today. Yeah, I'm very happy. At the end of the day, I don't want to look back yeah, and, yeah, and say I could have made something different. And yeah, I could have, could have kept the business and, and growing and made more, but I'm very happy of the choice I've made and the growth I had along the way. I mean, the, the opportunity I have now yeah, yeah. Um, is... Because you're like in the management team now, that really big company called Harmony. Yeah, and so. it's, it's, it's a company that has purpose, you know, uh, uh, people lending to people and uh, the founders behind and the whole vision. Um, is interesting and, and for me it's, it's a deep learning curve and if I don't judge uh, the idea of borrowing money online then I feel I'm in a great place and I'm learning a lot so um, yeah can we move a bit to the adventure part yes. because uh, you've done something really cool so you've been working during a few months while traveling around your bike right yeah uh, around Australia yeah so how how did traveling and adventure play a role in maybe your productivity or clarity or being, yeah, well, you know being better. You know in advance already. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so that's exactly that. So when I was decided to uh, just jump on the bike, I was craving for adventure. I was talking about going around the world and, uh, my girlfriend at the time told me, you know, before going around the world, why don't you go around Australia? I said, oh, that's a great idea. And, um, and uh, I was thinking, can I tell my boss that I'm going to go traveling around Australia and, and keep my job? It just felt like I couldn't, mm. couldn't explain. I said, you know, I better go first and then tell him if things go well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that was the right choice, but at the end of the day, the whole adventure gave me um, a lot more time with myself mm -hmm. and enabled me to have breakthrough in my communication. 
my communication with my team, very a lot of clarity on my uh, focus and 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 so from a work perspective it was it was incredible. Um, um, especially at the end of the adventure I got a promotion and mm -hmm. so work wise was fantastic. Uh, and then I just loved the adventure, uh, going through the outback for thousand k, meeting yeah. people along the way. I felt alive. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fantastic adventure. And you told me something pretty interesting earlier. Was that then when you said you were working and traveling, people were fine with it in your company? Yeah. So when I came back, so so then the, at the end of the travel, CEO. So I was doing three weeks traveling. Then going to Cairns, flying to Auckland for a week, come back. And, and at the end of the travel, my CEO said, you know, the last couple of months, you've done an incredible job. I want to offer you this new role. And, and I say, all right, um, I've got something else to tell you. And, I, mm -hmm. and, and, and when I say I've got something else to tell you, it was like, well, it was kind of scared. I was say, I've just been traveling for three months on a motorbike. I was like, oh, that's great. You follow mm. your passion. That's fantastic. You know, how was it? And I was like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I guess the, the, the takeaway here is, you know, sometimes you want to do something, you feel I have a job, I can't talk, to, can't talk to my boss, but if you're doing a great job, just, just, just go to your boss ahead mm -hmm. and say, you know, I want to do this. I'm committed to my job. I want to do a great job, but you know, I need this mm -hmm. for my own, um, uh, well-being and, and I want to do this for a couple of months, a couple of weeks and I'll come back and I will be uh, a better self and I'll mm -hmm. produce better results. No problem. Yeah, I think some people sometimes are very surprised. They think it's never going to work, and they try. And I, and actually, people are fine with it. So, yeah, it's about just asking. Yeah, just asking, and it's kind of don't give them a choice. Mm. So if you go there and you ask and you give them a choice, it's kind of this is you, you come from a place of I'm super committed to what I'm doing. I want to do a great job, but I also need to do this, and I want you to understand and trust me and it will work out and mm. um if you don't then unfortunately i'm ready to leave and follow this way but i really don't want to leave okay yeah and so now so i talked a bit about like yeah your your love for you talked a bit about your love for adventure and yeah. entrepreneurship um so what's the big plan because in the end you have these which like, I guess maybe you'd like to align one day or is there what like, what, what would be the big plan of, for you of combining this passion of entrepreneurship and adventure? Would it be part of like, what would be your big plan? Yes. So, um, Petra's big plan. Now I've got a lot of idea in my mind, but you know, first, like, just go wild. Right now, I mean, right now, you know, I'm, I'm really committed to what I'm doing. Um, you know, we're building a, a, a company that's, you know, going to go public at a unicorn valuation, and there's a lot of learning for me there, and I want to take that to the end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and and that that's the first step. So that's going to take mm -hmm. me another eighteen months to two years, maybe a bit a bit more. Um, and I think post that, um, hopefully, that's going to give me a lot of financial freedom to mm -hmm. really explore what I really want to do. And 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 then yes, the big plan is definitely going around the world with the motorbike, um, combining uh, adventure bike and. Um, you know, deep exercise, maybe 
um, climbing to most of the summit around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, um, or maybe after, uh, run uh, a business that has a uh, purpose, you know, maybe a social business or something that I connect uh, mm. deeply with, um, uh, as well as uh, maybe sharing uh, or mentoring uh, people with the skills I've learned along the way. Mm. You were quite interested in permaculture. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, I've been exploring in, here in Auckland uh, or North North Island the idea of uh, you know buying a land and mm. uh, and and, uh, and building kind of an eco village with with uh, permaculture and uh, you know building kind of an education program for for uni and kids to come and learn. Uh, maybe bring some of the meditation yoga kind of mm-hmm. into it. Um, but I uh, realize right now I just don't have the time and the focus yeah. um, into that. But um, it's part of the things that I uh, like. But I, I feel I would like to maybe combine that with, with technology. I think there's a lot that's possible with the latest technology to um, you know, enable people to grow uh, vegetable uh, on their own house or um, cities or corporates mm-hmm. to really use technology to grow food in a much more sustainable way than what we do currently. Um, so that's an area of interest, but I've got a few others and I haven't made up my mm-hmm. mind of what, which one I'm going to go after. Okay. Um, For the permaculture thing, are there, like, uh, are there like projects you follow in particular that people can get interested in? Or? Um, because I know it's it's something a few people told me. Yeah, um, there is a um, a startup in uh, in uh, Chicago that has been on for uh, six or seven years now that built uh, a container that's uh, working on uh, hydroponic uh, hydroponic uh, growing technology mm-hmm. um, that you can either buy fully automated so they use ai to really grow um and harvest um everything mm-hmm. um or you can uh, buy a more manual option where um you can you've had people that spend okay. you know, 20 hours a week to grow and what's, you can buy that name? um i can tell you just after the podcast okay. yeah, um, but then there is all kind of uh of uh, startups that are doing, you know, even modular um, hydroponic kind of uh, technology to grow inside your house. You can buy a small pot and you have an application. You can decide uh, the type of vegetable you want to grow and you have some education program if you don't know, and then you can okay. add on. Uh, and I can share a few of the examples uh, after that. That'd be really cool. And maybe also um, kind of self-governed societies sometimes are built around permaculture. Why don't, why don't you tell us about, I, I, I think you have, you have an, a, a society that, that you told me about on the weekend that I had a look through, which looks extremely interesting. Ah, yeah, so that's the Seasteading Institute. I actually tried to have uh, on a podcast someone to talk about it because it's like super interesting project. I post a lot about it. But uh, today it's, it was about but you, Bertrand. It's about me. So, so, uh, so I, I was just thinking of it because as I'm interested in those self-governed societies and Seasteading Institute is, is a super interesting one, um, I've heard of this similar concept, you know, um, in, in places where they're like, you want to do a self-sustaining society, like society, like 
on, yeah. on, the, on the land that already exists. Yeah, so I don't know if you were you had some. I think the main. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look in the history, um, you know, and look what happened in the U.S. You know, 20 years ago with um, the society that grown around Osho. That's um, right. So there, there is a, a, a documentary called Six Episodes mm. on Netflix I recommend, which is called uh, Wild Wild Country. Um, yeah, I heard about it. And, uh, and that's really showing how you can develop a society that doesn't follow any rule of the government. But at the time, it was in the U.S. states. And, you know, after I think they grew on to 70,000 people and then they shut it down and... Um, because it was a threat, I guess, for the government. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll definitely have a look at uh, this documentary. If people don't have questions, we're probably going to end soon. So go for it, guys. And would we have a line? Exactly. Yeah, thanks, Sav and Meg, for the, for, for the likes. And yeah, I think we can. Yeah, it's been almost 30 minutes. So thank you so much, Bertrand. Thanks I'll be you. I'll be really looking forward to to see where it's uh, it's it's all heading, and um, yeah. So I mean, definitely, definitely quite cool to have already so much experience in entrepreneurship at your age because you're 28. So thanks for sharing this. Thanks for having me, Alex, and best of luck for growing your own business. Thanks. You are, well, I'm really happy. With I, you. I need a bit of inspiration. That's why I'm doing this. But, yeah. And we we'll always end with a hug. Yeah. It's a tradition. And a bit of music <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And see you next Tuesday. Because yes. <laughs> you're learning to be a teacher. <laughs> that's that's yeah. skills. Many skills. <laughs> many skills. <laughs> see you guys.